Making sure that the geography and timelines work is always the hardest part of writing, but you owe it to the readers to get it right. Michael Scott. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee Esses. And that quote was not of the office variety, Michael Scott. It was an author. Today, we are talking about how people misorder things in a sentence in order to try to convey their streamline, their train of thought, but it actually ends up confusing things for the reader. This is one of those things that when I look back at a lot of my early writing, I did this constantly and I have had to work actively to start avoiding it. It still shows up sometimes, it still slips through, but the better we can identify it today, the less likely I am to do it during NaNo. This really isn't about the specific words that you use. It's keeping track of the timing, using words like before and after and as, All of those things you need to keep track of because they are the timeline of events. And if you keep trying to backtrack a second or a step to explain, oh, but at the same time, this other thing was happening, it's just going to get confusing and the reader has to rewrite the sentence in their head. Not all of our examples today are examples of this, but they might be something you would double check and look at and might be phrased a little differently. One of the big things that I keep an eye out for when I am making sure that I'm not having a weird, confusing timeline within a sentence is that the ending and the beginning of the sentence should not be able to omit the middle of the sentence. I should move that ending to part two of the sentence and connect it with the phrase that it's connected to. Because if I have that middle section interrupting a thought, because I'm thinking faster than I'm typing more often than not, That is me wrapping up the sentence. It's not helpful as far as communicating clearly to the reader. One way that can help you identify instances like this would be looking for the M dashes and the commas that act as parentheses. Those things where you're inserting a separate thought in middle of a sentence. If you do this incorrectly, you're usually confusing the timeline. You're saying, oh, this thing is happening, but wait, we actually need to talk about this, and then now we're going to continue. I get it. A lot of ADHD authors and ADHD people, we do this all the time. We love M-dashes. I know I love a good M-dash. But if you're not careful, it will lead to more confusion rather than the clarity you're hoping for. My rule of thumb of does this issue apply to the sentence or not is one thought, one sentence. We should be able to just have a single thing happening in that sentence and break it up if necessary. If this tangent in the middle or at the end of the sentence doesn't connect anywhere else in the sentence, pull it out, make it a separate sentence. Now, if you make that sentence before or after, comes down to what actually happened first, what the point of view character is noticing first. So let's get into some examples from some real writing. Some of it is our writing to help us recognize and identify the problems that we're talking about with this. The first one up on the block is a sentence from one of the drafts of my own work in progress. It is a problem. And I will say this now, and it's that thing that I was saying, those commas in the middle, And it starts with one of those words, 
to look out for, a good red flag that there might be a confusion of timeline here. Before the enchanter could get a solid hold on the paper, Janik dashed forward, swinging his blade towards the paper to destroy the spell. I don't think this is as bad as you think it is. It is weirdly phrased and is something that I would point out and go, hey, maybe we can phrase this differently, but it's not as bad as you were making it out to be. Because we have that before phrase happening before the rest of it, I'm okay with the use of the word before, mostly in that we have Janet going, before this happens, I'm going to do something else. He's anticipating the other guy to do something. He's springing for it instead. What I would do is that middle chunk of the sentence, Janik dashed forward, I would take that out. Janik dashed forward. Before the enchanter could get a solid hold on the paper, Janik swung the blade, destroying the spell. Yeah, so make that two completely different sentences. Start it with the action and then go into what he's trying to prevent. Our next sentence, I couldn't figure out where it came from, but it was one of those things that I had perused. But the sentence is, my phone rang loudly right after I had been at my friend's the night of my senior prom. We have like three different settings in that <laughs> in that one sentence. Yeah, this one would benefit a lot from bringing it up into a couple of different sentences. I think maybe three. You start by setting the scene. It's the night of senior prom. So are you awake? How it is you're sitting at your friend's or I just left my friend's house. I was walking home on a dark road when my phone rang loudly. Yeah, my phone rang loudly right after I had been. So we don't know where the phone ringing is happening. And then... Been at my friends. Okay, that's fairly clear. The night of my senior prom. So we have three different kind of qualifiers, none of which actually describes where the person is at that point. So this is one of those confusing timeline, confusing geography moments where if you just break it up, if you set it up and then the phone rings, it might be more interesting or have the phone ring and then set it up afterward in a separate paragraph. Our next example is something that Lee had written. His experiences these last 10 years. He had escaped the sheltered city five years after they'd erected the walls to keep out the monsters they'd created. Continuously reinforced what experience had taught him to be true. People couldn't be trusted, inside the wall or out. Can I eviscerate you? Please. <laughs> the M-dashes, you know I love a good M-dash, totally the wrong place, totally the wrong time for this because it breaks up what you experienced over the last 10 years, suddenly we are now five years after they built the wall, and then now we're back to the present time. I lost track of what was actually happening in the sentence because we spent so much time talking about he had escaped the sheltered city five years, and we don't have a reference of, was that five years ago? Was that two days ago? What is the five years after the wall had gone up? Yep, that one... I picked out of the slush pile because that middle chunk was easily its own sentence, probably a separate paragraph than what he was thinking at that point in time. <laughs> He's not thinking about his backstory. I was still trying to figure out at that point how to integrate backstory. So cramming it into little moments like this, where he's thinking about the past, was my attempt. 
didn't work, clearly. Yeah, this one would be way better served by just taking out that middle part entirely. His experiences these last 10 years continuously reinforced what he believed to be true. People couldn't be trusted inside the wall or out. And then you can go into talking about how he had escaped and how that whole process went in. But the purpose of the sentence to itself, especially because it does seem to be conveying such an important idea to this character. Right now, his focus was on the android that had illegally docked his starfighter, a matte black beauty which drew envious eyes from a lot of the dock hands. This one is obviously from a sci-fi. The point of view character is in the text, focusing on the android, but then the rest of the sentence is talking about this beautiful spaceship. Because the comma is right after the starfighter, you can kind of assume that that's what he's talking about. And then Doc Hands, I don't think they would look at a lot of androids with envy, but there's still just enough confusion because, again, like Lee had said, the narrator is focused on the android. So why is he describing something he's not focused on? So this is something that you can, again, break it up into two sentences say, right now his focus was on the android. Or you can start it with, the android had illegally docked his starfighter. Then you can describe the starfighter and then go, but his focus was on that android. And I feel like you could also be doing a this or that, while the rest of the duck hands were drawing envious eyes at the sleek, matte black starfighter. Point of view character was focused on the android that had illegally parked. Yeah, I think that's also probably a better way to do that. And hopefully what you recognize as we're talking about these different things is that there's no one single right way to write any of these sentences to express any of these ideas. It all depends on personal preference, how you feel, how you want the flow of your story to go. But each of these can be benefited by slight adjustments by looking at the potential problems that how the sentence is phrased is causing. This is one of those things that it's not necessary to do in your first write. Your first draft, you just want to get the words on the paper. But as you're editing, as you're reviewing the sentences, really pay attention to the timeline of individual sentences. Is there information that would be better served in a different sentence, in distributing it, in clarifying it elsewhere? Some of this goes back to what we talked about in our last episode with good writing and one of Lee's qualifiers for good writing, which is the speed of a sentence. Too many thoughts in one sentence, in one chunk of story, just slows everything down. I think once you get the hang of what this type of writing issue looks like, you're going to start seeing it everywhere. And that will make it so much easier to correct these mistakes before they even happen in your own writing. So definitely get a hold on how you accidentally make a confusing timeline in a sentence and it'll immediately level up your writing. But of course, the stream of consciousness is a perfect way to write your first draft so long as you are writing selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 